You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? To be or not to be a vegan, that is the question. And this certainly seems to be a popular topic amongst everybody lately in light of the new year vegan January, and of course, those good old documentaries on Netflix like Game Changers that swear by the vegan diet and, dare I say, insist it's the only optimal way to live. (laughs) I just wanted to let you know, as a registered dietitian, it's very important to our profession to help consumers find the best way to eat for them. And taking a moderate approach is something that I pride myself in and looking at the science and looking at the individual and merging those two together to help people figure out exactly which diet is right for them, whether they should be following a strictly plant-based diet, whether they should be omnivorous, whether they should be vegetarian, when they should be eating, how they should be eating. And we base that on a variety of things, including goals, lifestyle, preferences, convenience, We package that all up and help people figure out the best way of eating for them in this season of their lives. In this season of my life, I am testing out the vegan diet for the whole month of January. Me and Megan Ware, the other dietitian I work with, who you have probably heard on this podcast before if you are a longtime listener, she's done the vegan January diet several times. In fact, she wrote about it on our blog if you want to check it out. But we feel it's really important as registered dietitians that we are not only able to interpret the nutrition research and the science behind certain eating behaviors, but also that we experience them ourselves. So if you come in and you want to ask, what is a vegan diet like? We can help speak to the benefits that we see, potential consequences, the changes we experience in relation to our weight, our blood markers, our skin, our energy, how it affects our social life, how it affects how we prepare and look at food. So it's really important for us to test out these diets. Now, if you are not a registered dietitian, do not feel like you need to do something like a crash diet <laughs> or a trendy diet. Not that this vegan January is a crash diet, but you don't feel like you need to test a bunch of diets. We do this for professional purposes so that we can help you and you don't have to try things and you can skip all the trial and error and just find a solution that works for you fastest. So we're doing the Vegan January Challenge. We've got a Facebook group going right now. It's not too late to join. I will link that in the show notes. Or you can just log on to Facebook and search in that groups tab for Vegan January Challenge 2020, baby. And you will see the little banner on the group. It'll have our Nutrition Awareness logo. You can join whether you want to go vegan for the month or not. We're just posting a lot of information, more information than we can put on just one single Instagram post. We're gonna give you motivation, we're gonna give you recipe ideas, and then 
I'm kind of surprised how poppin' this group is. I mean, we're already at in the three digits of numbers right now, and people are on there all day, every day, posting their experiences, posting meals, asking for tips. So if you are into a plant-based diet phase right now and you just want to learn more, hop on over to that Facebook group. Just click the link below. In the spirit of the challenge, every Monday this month, we're releasing an episode related to the vegan diet to help you understand more about this extreme way of eating. We're going to talk about the myths and misconceptions. We're going to compare it to other intense diets like the carnivore diet. We're going to talk about what you can and can't eat on a vegan diet. And on today's episode, we are discussing the best sources of protein in a vegan diet. Because if you're a vegan or if you know a vegan, I can bet that the most common question you or that person gets is, how do you get your protein if you don't eat meat? Well, don't worry, we got you covered in today's episode. Because we live in 2020, it has become a lot easier for people to follow a vegan diet without feeling deprived. This makes being a vegan a lot more sustainable. It's a perfectly suitable way of eating and it boasts a lot of benefits. And you don't need meat and you don't need eggs or dairy to get protein as long as you are diligent about what you're eating, what you're supplementing, and being sure that you're eating a variety of different foods from many sources. You can be a vegan and eat processed simple carbohydrates that just happen to not have any animal product in it and not be as healthy as somebody who's following a balanced omnivorous diet. If I'm being honest, I do believe that humans are meant to eat animal products, but that doesn't mean you have to. And this being said, we as homo sapiens have really fucked up our, our, our animal product consumption. I mean, look at factory farming implications and then take a look at our food quality. Most of us are consuming really low quality meat from animals who are raised in suboptimal living conditions. And this poses both an ethical and health challenge for the modern day omnivore. But given that many Americans don't have the financial means to only consume pasture-raised poultry and eggs, or wild-caught fish and grass-fed cattle, leaning towards a sustainable diet of more plants and less animal product is a perfectly moderate approach I think anybody can get behind, no matter what side of the vegan spectrum you are on. See, it's up to the consumer to understand the possible implications of any dietary pattern and then make an informed decision on which way to eat as best for them. Somebody needs to weigh their health goals to their lifestyle and then decide what's realistic, right? You might have some extreme life goals and physique goals, but if your budget, your time, your family life gets in the way, then you might need to find a more moderate approach. And hey, meeting with a dietitian can really help you nail that down. Now, on top of that, you gotta consider your environment and you have to consider your ethics and weigh them against your own values. Regardless of whether you eat meat or dairy, it's important to understand which plant-based foods have a good source of protein. That way, when you do choose to have a meal that doesn't have any meat or eggs or dairy, you can incorporate some of these ingredients to make a balanced, full meal that has a variety of nutrients that'll keep you full, keep you fueled, powerful, and help you reach any kind of physique goals that you may have. And the good news, like I said earlier, is that getting adequate protein is quite doable on a vegan diet since we live in the modern era. 
there are not only just tons of natural plant-based foods, but now there's even food products and convenience foods that make it simple to get enough protein. That is a challenge for anybody, regardless of what kind of diet they're finding. I mean, I sit with people who just don't have time to cook and they're looking for healthy options they can make in 20 minutes or less or pick up on the way. So it is cool to see a lot of different places popping up that are offering balanced vegan options and even perusing the grocery store, seeing different quick vegan meals, quick vegan alternatives to cater to the lifestyle of busy Americans. But before we go through all of the different types of protein that we can get, let's talk about exactly what adequate protein means, right? Because we hear these generic terms, but what does that mean? Well, the minimum daily requirement to sustain life of protein is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. This means if you weigh 140 pounds, that is a minimum of 50 grams of protein per day. Okay. So that's just the, the baseline. That is the very minimum you need to support life. But if you are looking to lose weight, if you're an athlete, if you're working out in the gym, if you're trying to build muscle, or if you're just trying to f be less hungry throughout the day, you're gonna do a lot better with more than 0.8 grams per kilogram. Though the specific recommendations of how much protein you exactly need depend on, of course, your specific physique, your performance goals, your exercise intensity, duration, and variation. I'd still recommend you have a minimum of 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight of protein per day. Now this is given if you are a healthy adult with proper kidney function. If you have kidney or renal disease, consult a dietitian privately because you have much different protein needs. Or if you have some sort of special condition, this is just under the assumption you are a healthy adult without any chronic disease. If you're not sure, reach out to one of us and we can help you figure this out. But if you have healthy kidney function, you can even consume up to 2.5 grams per kilogram of body weight of protein per day. That is a lot of protein. That is so much protein. I mean, geez louise. And it's not always necessary to get that much, but you know, and if you're following a vegan diet, man, I can't even imagine getting that much protein in a day because a lot of the vegan plant-based proteins aren't as concentrated with protein and you have to eat higher volume to reach the same amount. So I'm just letting you know, you can safely consume up to 2.5 grams a kilogram of protein per day. You gotta kind of find that happy medium and stay within a range. Don't expect that you're gonna eat the same grams of protein every single day. On my second day of the Vegan January Challenge, I got up to 125 grams of protein, and yesterday I ate a whopping 60 grams, which is very, very low for me. If you've seen my physique, you can see that I'm not a little pipsqueak. I definitely need more protein, so you're gonna be within a range. You don't have to stick to a single number every single day, but I'm telling you, 0.8 grams per kilogram is low, and you're gonna be feeling hungry. So here are a few more points to consider about plant-based proteins. Usually, well, always, they also contain carbohydrates and or a source of fat. This means that three ounces of tofu has more calories and less protein than three ounces of, say, lean chicken. Because lean chicken is a strictly protein, maybe with a little bit trace amount of fat in it, whereas the tofu has carbohydrate and fat. So three ounces compared to three ounces, there's gonna be less protein. This is okay, it doesn't mean it's a bad source of protein. Tofu is a great complete source, it's made from soybeans, it's, it's fine. 
but it's just important to consider if you are on a weight loss goal because you don't want to be eating insane amounts of food just to reach a certain protein goal and then your calories end up being too high and you don't lose weight depending on your specific needs. It's also to note that plant protein is known to be less bioavailable than animal protein, meaning our body is going to utilize animal protein a bit more efficiently from plants. However, I was perusing some studies and I've recently read that quantity of protein is more important than the quality or source of protein, which I can get behind 80%. Essentially, eat whole food sources of protein regardless if they're from animals or plants and make sure you're getting enough. That is key to make sure you're meeting your needs. But bioavailability is just the way our body uses it and animal protein for the longest time has just been accepted as more bioavailable. Most, but not all, plant proteins are also incomplete, meaning they do not have all of the essential amino acids that animal products do. But there are complete plant protein sources like quinoa and soybeans. Otherwise, you just need to make sure that you're eating a variety of different plant-based sources. So if you've ever heard about how rice and beans are a complete protein source, this is because rice has the amino acid that the beans are missing and vice versa. Same with like peanut butter on whole sprouted grain bread. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now that we've got all the fundamental information out of the way, let's go right into some of the best sources of plant-based protein. You can start picking up on your next grocery trip, whether you're a vegan or not. The first one I want to talk about is something called cetin. This is also known as wheat meat. Now, it's a good meat alternative for somebody who doesn't have a gluten intolerance or celiac disease. So if that's you, make sure you're checking the label in your food product to make sure there is no cetin. Cetin is often going to be found in mock chicken strips or fake turkey. I'll be honest, I think they taste disgusting. That's just my own experience. I've never had anything that tastes good with cetin, but it does take on what they claim to be a similar texture to meat when it's cooked. So it can be a great alternative if you're into that taste. Personally, I'm not a huge fan. The macronutrients tend to be pretty good, but yeah, you can try it and, and let me know how you think. One plant-based protein source that I am obsessed with, and this has to be my favorite one, is tempeh. Tempeh you will typically find in a block in that vegan section of your grocery store or the protein alternative section. It's usually, in, it's in the refrigerator. It is derived from fermented soybeans. And it's a pretty popular meat alternative for a lot of people because it's got a good amount of flavor and it picks up flavor. That's the thing. And it, it takes on the texture of like ground meat. So it's a good substitute in maybe tacos or casseroles. It does have sort of a nutty seedy flavor once it's cooked, but it's pleasant texture. You know, there's I, I, that's the best way I can describe it. You've got to try it. You can marinate it, you can slice it, dice it. I like to put it in a skillet with some seasoning and slice it real thin so it takes on a similar texture to bacon and put that in a sandwich and there you go. 
or you, like I said, can make it into some kind of thing that you would normally use ground meat for, like meatballs or chili. In a similar vein, there's good old tofu. And I would say tofu has gotten a bad rap over the years because people say it's bland and it's tasteless. And this is true if you just eat it by the block, which, oh my god, if you do that, you must not have taste buds because that's pretty gross. <laughs> I can't lie. But this versatile soy protein has this superpower and it takes up any kind of sweet, spicy, or savory flavor that you be cooking it with. And get this guys, one cup of firm tofu can have up to 20 grams of protein, which is the equivalent of about three ounces of grilled chicken. But keep in mind, you're gonna get a lot more calories from three ounces or you know one cup of tofu than you would in three ounces of grilled chicken. But it's a great swap. If you're not really sure where to start with tofu and you wanna start cooking with it, I would say start with a stir fry because you're using teriyaki or you know a liquid amino acids or soy sauce or something like that. Make sure it's a vegan one if you're following the, the vegan diet. No weird fish derivatives added into whatever kind of marinade you're using in, in Chinese food. But mix it up with there. It'll soak up the flavor. Add lots of veggies. Add some you know healthy whole wheat noodles or brown rice, quinoa, and boom. I don't think you'll be able to know the difference. It's also really good if you coat it in almond flour or some kind of breadcrumb and bake it. It's delicious. I am a huge tofu fan. Side note, I did this random thing the other day. I got silken tofu and I put it in my blender with chocolate protein powder and a scoop of cacao powder and milk and I blended it up and I put a little bit of stevia in there because it needed some more sweetness, but you could use agave nectar or something. Um, and it was delicious. It was like a thick chocolate smoothie. So let me know if you want that recipe. Maybe I'll post it. Okay, now has to be one of my favorite convenience items for vegan protein, and that is going to be chickpea or bean pasta. Yes, this stuff is a lifestyle. It's literally pasta made from beans. I've tried black bean rotini, red lentil pasta, the bonza pasta that is made from chickpeas. You guys, it's so good. It has three times as much protein and fiber than just plain old white or wheat noodles. You guys have to try it if you want more protein without using animal product. It is delicious. I mean, you can just add a pesto or a tomato sauce and nutritional yeast. You can make some tempeh meatballs with that and mm, so good, so good. The nutrition does vary per pasta, but the black bean pasta and the chickpea pasta have so much fiber. Oh, it's amazing. It's a dietitian's wet dream. All right, another easy protein source is going to be Hemp seeds, okay, so technically hemp seeds are a nut, but they can add a little nutritious punch to any kind of smoothie sauce or dip that you're making. They also are a complete protein source with 11 grams of protein per two tablespoons. And on top of that, they're a great source of omega-3 fatty acids. Acid, did I just say acids? Who knows? But they are a great source of omega-3 fatty acids and fiber. They're just an all-around superfood. There is also some evidence that these tiny little seeds can prevent heart disease. So check out your health food store for hemp seeds. Let's talk about a tried and true plant-based protein source that we all know and love. Beans, yep, beans, legumes, lentils, chickpeas, kidney bean, navy beans, black beans, all the beans in bean tween. <laughs> Did you get that one? 
They are low cost, they take minimal effort, and they can just beef up the fiber and protein in anything that you are cooking that needs it. You can be a superstar and buy the dried beans in bulk and soak them and dry them. I'm lazy, I don't do that. I buy the canned beans with no sodium. And if they do have sodium, just put them in a colander, rinse them out, they are amazing. So beans, love it. Make sure you pair them with something like quinoa or rice to make it a complete protein source. Oh, speaking of quinoa, I mentioned that one a little bit earlier too. This is a grain, okay? And if you see it in the stores, it looks like birdseed, but when you cook it, it absorbs the water. So you use like twice as much water than quinoa when you're cooking it and they puff up kind of similar to couscous. And this is a grain that was once considered sacred by the Inca culture. It is a the best, in my opinion, the best plant-based protein grain that you can substitute for rice or regular pasta because it's a complete protein source, as I said earlier. So it's got all of the essential amino acids that we need because most grain products lack the amino acid lysine and you need that one. It's a great branch chain amino acid that's really helpful for muscle protein synthesis. Make sure when you are buying any kind of protein powder, by the way, that it has lysine in it. Also should note that quinoa is naturally gluten-free, so if that's a problem for you, you don't have to worry about that at all. You can just buy it pre-cooked, or you can rinse it and cook it yourself on the stove in under 15 or 20 minutes. I would say if you try it and you think it's bland, try cooking it again in a low-sodium vegetable broth because it will soak up that flavor and just give it an extra punch. I like to add a scoop to this in my salads that need a little bit more carbohydrate, a little more protein. We have a recipe on the Orlando Dietitian blog that Megan made. It is quinoa pizza bites, yum! And you can even substitute it for oatmeal. I wouldn't cook it in vegetable broth unless you're making savory oatmeal, but what an easy way to add some more nutrition to your usual bowl of oats. Let's talk about another super duper awesome protein source, and that is edamame, which is a soybean that is addictive. If you've ever been to a sushi restaurant and you see edamame on the menu and you haven't tried it yet, you need to do it. You need to try it. They come in the pods at the restaurants typically, and they're a little bit salted, and mm, they're so good. They're such a healthy alternative to the fried tempeh, not tempeh, tempura coated things that they offer at those restaurants. So try edamame because these bad boys have like 18 grams of protein per cup. It is a soybean that I would say takes any kind of dish up a notch. You can, like I said, serve it to people as an appetizer. You can buy it steamed and then salt it yourself and boom, you've got a little bowl snack to serve all the people that you are entertaining. Or you can roast it. You can add it to Buddha bowls. You can add it to pho if you're making that. So delicious. If you're not really sure how or where to buy it, Check your grocery store's freezer section, or you can even check out the snack aisle because they've got dry roasted pre-packaged edamame now, which is an amazing protein packed snack for anybody who needs a little extra kick. And another side note about edamame is it's got protein, it's got carbs, and it's got fat. So it is super duper complete and it's easy, right? I mean, what more could you ask for? 
All right, I'm gonna just share one more. No, I'm gonna share a few more actually because there's a few small ones. You know, there's chia seeds, there's spirulina. All of these foods have a little bit of a protein in them. You will need large amounts of these foods to get adequate protein. So chia seeds, I mean, if you use one tablespoon, they've got three grams of protein. If you've never seen chia seeds, these also look like bird seed, but they don't absorb water. I usually just add them to oats into smoothies, top them on plant-based yogurts because now I'm not eating regular yogurt, but when I was eating regular yogurt, I still did it anyway. You can also put it on avocado toast and they just boost a little bit of extra nutrition. They've got omega-3s, they've got fiber, they are pretty versatile. Now, spirulina, on the other hand, you probably never, if you've never heard of this, I'm not surprised. It's something that is not very popular, but you might have seen it in smoothies on Instagram. All the people that have those beautiful green, aqua blue looking smoothies are likely using some kind of algae like spirulina that comes in a powder. It's a deep green powder that stains everything it touches. <laughs> you can tell I have some personal experience with this. But it has four grams of protein in just one tablespoon. So, you know, why not? If you wanna make an Instagram worthy smoothie, green smoothie, added in there, it is a pretty good source. In fact, a single tablespoon, no, no, no. The protein in the spirulina takes up 60 to 70% of spirulina's dry weight, which is pretty high and kind of cool. All right, let's talk a little bit about vegan protein bars and shakes and all of those other things that we would typically find whey protein in. So if you're trying to follow a vegan diet, make sure you're checking the quality of the supplements and the bars that you decide to pick up. Make sure you're looking for whey and casein if you are trying to find a vegan protein because whey and casein are not vegan, they are derivatives of animal product of dairy. The thing about any kind of protein that you buy, protein powder that's already in a big tub, is you gotta go, don't skip on quality with these things, you guys. I mean, if you can't even, if you can't afford to buy a nice one, which sometimes I go to the store and I have this little mental battle with myself, but but spend, don't spend money on it at all if you can't afford a higher quality one because otherwise your digestive system is gonna wreak havoc. They don't taste good if they're lower quality. We've got recommendations on our blog for the best quality vegan and whey protein bars, shakes. I'm just gonna have you look on our website if you're interested because we've got it all. OrlandoDietitian.com just Go to the store, we have recommendations for both whey and vegan proteins, and on the blog, there is stuff all about the best ready-to-drink shakes, the ready-to-drink bars. Just make sure that you're choosing high quality. When you're looking for bars, make sure that they actually do have a decent source of protein, and typically the plant-based bars are pretty good about using whole food ingredients in their bars. It's the whey protein bars that tend to be more uh, lenient with their quality of food items in the package, if I'm going to put it scientifically. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, if you really care about that, check out the, the website. Look for 10 grams of protein in your bars and about 17 to 20 grams in your powders. Well, that's it, guys, for today's bite-sized episode. It's a little bit longer than most of them are going to be because of the introduction. But again, if you want to join our Vegan January Challenge, we still got it going it's flowing, it's pizzopping, everybody's in there talking about their plant-based diet experiences, and we'd love to see you in the group. So that link is in the show notes along with our website where you can find all of this delicious blog information and contact us too if you want to work with a dietitian. 
I'm telling you guys, stop getting your nutrition information from documentaries and fitspo people on Instagram. They are not always qualified to share nutrition information. The good news is you've got two registered dietitians talking to you through your headphones or your mic or your car or wherever you're listening to this right now that can help you out, that can really listen to your struggles, listen to your goals, and help you get there using food. We're going to keep it simple, right? Because everything out there, it's so confusing, it's overwhelming, and you know what? When people are confused, they don't do anything. They don't actually get results. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the nutrition information that is just being shouted at you from your TV, from your phone, just knock it off, give us a call, and we will get you set up. All right, guys, make sure you stick around this month because we've got lots of more vegan excitement coming at you and, of course, our usual Thursday episodes. Bye, guys.